The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Saturday, March 25th, currently 11 o'clock on the East Coast, here to break down the schedule for the NBA here on Saturday. And joining me, as usual, to help me break it down, you guys know him as a voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast, WNBA Gambling Podcast, and of course, here on the NBA Gambling Podcast. Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, buddy? Yeah, nothing much. Nice to be back. Uh, I know yesterday the final picks at the end of the show weren't exactly the best, but before I ended the show, I did end up kind of briefly mentioning Hornets money line at around plus 700, which got there. Dallas is really, really bad. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's any other way to put it, uh, but Dallas has definitely not exactly been uh, playing well recently. And Kyrie came back. They can't even use that as an excuse anymore. But the Hornets ended up dominating. And you ended up seeing Charlotte really, really surprise a lot of people uh, winning that game. But if you follow Dallas, especially all season long, you know, Mm -hmm. they shouldn't have been laying that big of a spread ever at home. And they weren't close to covering at any point. That might be the dagger to eliminate them from serious play in or playoff contention. But... Can we agree the Kyrie trade for them was a failure? Because I don't know how he's supposed to come back to Dallas next year. I thought anything outside of him going to L.A. was going to be a failure just because of what we're seeing right now. Um, I don't know what I mean. That's just from the tip last night. I was watching that game. They were down I the think, majority. Yeah. I mean, from the get go, mm-hmm. they were down for for I think it was a wire to wire win for the Hornets, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, Luca came out and said after the game that he's frustrated with things beyond the court. I don't know if that has to do with Kyrie or there's some things that's going on in his personal life, whatever the case might be. But right now they are out of that play in tournament bracket. Obviously they could get on a winning streak here and try to sneak in. But again, it's not looking very good uh, if you're a Dallas Mavericks fan or for the Dallas Mavericks to even make it into the playoffs uh, this upcoming season. So yeah, I think you're right that we probably won't see Kyrie back in a Mavericks uniform after this season's, which again, like we talked about during the trade deadline, um, it was the it's inevitable that I think he just ends up in LA with LeBron, but we'll see what happens in the offseason for um for Kyrie. Also joining us here today, of course, you guys know him as the newest voice on the NBA gambling podcast, Delante Smith. Delante, what's going on, brother? Uh yeah, no, not much. Some interesting games. Uh hope we can get some injury, some good injury reports because right now things are all over the place. But uh some good games. Uh looking forward to breaking them down with you guys. Yeah, I think there's what seven, six. eight, six games on the schedule. Yeah, yeah, six games. That's what I thought. Uh, six games on the schedule here tonight. Um, a lot of teams that are on back-to-back situations, uh, but we will get into every single game. But before we do that, let me tell everyone about our presenting sponsor. That is going to be WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and tons of other states. Be on the lookout for WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. 
and March Madness is here. So many ways to bet on the big dance. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100 and get 100. Limited state availability. And, of course, for our DGENs, only if you hit the longest parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to winbet.com or download the WinBet app. Offers of the change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 years or older and present in a state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And if you're looking to hang out with Sean and Ryan at Stadium Swim and watch the biggest golf tournament in the world, well, you can win a three-night stay at Circle Las Vegas Hangout with the guys. The contest is completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash golf party. And if you don't win the contest, you can still get a discount on a room using promo code SGP15. <sighs> My girl KC checking in. It was a pool party indeed last night uh, for the Golden State Warriors. They did get the victory against the uh, Sixers um at home uh yeah a nice victory there for the for the for the warriors and a great game for jordan pool hopefully he can you know continue uh playing the way he did last night for the warriors but gentlemen uh six games on the schedule here tonight why don't we just dive right into it with the first game on the schedule five o'clock eastern start between the indiana pacers and the atlanta hawks currently the hawks uh are a nine point favorite this line opened up at minus 10 so it's been Bed down by uh, one point. Total opened up at 239 and a half. The number's up to 242 now. Uh, looking at the injury report for the Atlanta Hawks, uh, DeAndre Hunter is questionable for the Atlanta Hawks. He's dealing with a left knee contusion. Um, Trey Young is also questionable. He has a left calf contusion. So, again, two starters that are questionable here tonight. Uh, for the Pacers, they did play yesterday. In Boston, so they are on a back-to-back situation. No injury uh, reports submitted for them yet, um, but they did get blitzed last night by the Boston Celtics, one twenty to ninety-five, I believe, was the final score in that game. Um, Delonte, lead us off. Atlanta laying nine against the Pacers. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to to handicap it with the uh, you know the injury concern. Well, not injury concerns, but injury designations, as to say, with uh, Indian with Indianapolis or. Um, but I kind of like Indiana here to bounce back. Uh, I don't trust Atlanta at home with or without Trey. Um, it, they're not horrible off back-to-back. Pacers are seven and uh, six ATS off of back-to-back, so mm-hmm. not horrible. Um, the key to getting the victory is probably or cover would probably be them getting out and running in transition because they're you know first in points per possession in transition. Uh, Atlanta struggles a bit um, in transition, and their defense hasn't been good as of late they gave up 120 plus in three of the last five games um, but indiana hasn't been good either uh, they gave up 120 also in three of the last five games but i think it boils down to you know if they can make it a pace game and especially if hadley's on the court he'll be able to dominate uh dominate the ball atlanta's not good defending those ball screens so uh yeah i lean to any uh indiana here um I, it's kind of hard to to actually bid it without knowing about Holly Burton's status. But, um, yeah, I'm leaning that way. The number would indicate that he might be out because I don't think they would be laying nine uh, with Holly Burton in. So, uh, yeah, I'm leaning to Indiana right now. Uh, uh, probably if maybe wait, I guess, even if he's out, if we get a higher number, maybe I'll just still lean that way. But don't trust Atlanta laying this type of number. I mean, they're 7-11 with rest advantage, meaning the other team, you know, is off the back-to-back. Um they just they don't cover big numbers, uh, so yeah, I lean to Indiana here. 
Scott, what do you got for this game? I'm going to lean to Indiana as well. Uh, simply put, I just think that Indiana, despite not being a great team in terms of record, they're feisty at times, and the Hawks mm-hmm. I just can't trust. Simply put, it's tough to lay nine points with a team that can't guard anybody, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what you're dealing with with the Hawks because mm-hmm. they're just handing out 120 all the time. And I do expect this game to go over. I expect a lot of points. I don't think I could actually bet this total now, though, until I have confirmation that Trey and Halliburton are going to play. So I'm going to have to wait and see on that one. But first quarter over, I'm kind of tempted by. It is a very high number. It's 61 and a half. But the Hawks' first quarters lately have been pushing 70 on a regular basis. The first quarters are crazy in those Hawks games. So I'm on the over, first quarter over. I see a lot of points here. But I will lean to the Pacers plus nine. Nine's a lot of points if you think Atlanta might need 130 to cover because they allow 120 all the time. So I'm going to lean to Indiana. Yeah, uh, I know we talked about it. I think it was either er, earlier this week or last week where since the All-Star break uh, at home, the Hawks games were going over the total. I know the last two games have gone under the total where the market kind of did just adjust those total numbers. But But the Hawks game against Minnesota went under? Uh, no, no. Since the, so they had Warriors at home, and then they had the Pistons. Oh, so it's the home, home game. Sorry, yeah, I, I didn't game, hear the yeah. home games part. My bad. Yeah. Um, so the Warriors game, they fell short by one basket that still produced 246 points in that game. And the Pistons, I know offensively, they were de- or um, they were dealing with a lot of uh, injuries or guys being in and out of the lineup for the Pistons. Uh, but the Hawks still put up 129 points in that game. So they are five and three towards the over uh, since the All Star break at home. And uh, Scott, you're right. I mean, I'm seeing right now an average of around 63 points um, in the first quarter. But again, a lot of that has to do with probably the Pistons didn't score very uh, many I'm, I'm going to read off uh, these yeah, go ahead. quarter numbers here uh, just because I feel like I have to. So mm-hmm. the last game against Minnesota, 79 points in the first quarter. Second game, faced off against Detroit. Now, you mentioned Detroit was sitting a bunch of guys and their offense isn't very good. 70 points in the first quarter. Uh, they played against San Antonio, just pulling that one up quickly. That had 74 points in the first quarter. And for the game against Golden State, I didn't even check how far back this goes, but th- three straight games, sorry, Golden State also 70 points in the first quarter. Yeah. That's four straight games with 70-plus points in the first quarter. Yeah. I mean, you know how hard it is to score 70 points in a quarter? Oh, yeah, man. I just I just bet that because of you. I'm glad you brought that up. Seven, 70 both. in four straight games in a quarter? Yeah, both, teams, both yeah. teams are uh, seven of their last 10 that went over in the first quarter. So that plays right into that, um, into your handicap, which you're saying. I'm actually, so I actually like want to see how far back this goes because the Minnesota game, 69. So they broke the streak, but they had 69 points in the first quarter in that Minnesota mm-hmm. game. So, yeah, it's flying over like mid-high 60s. I got to take the over 61 and a half in the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, I'm gonna go with the Pacers here tonight or in this afternoon as well. Um, Hawks at home haven't been very good against the spread. We know that 16 and 19 against the spread, 13 and 16 as home favorites. Um, again, like you mentioned, I think that with Indiana Pacers being on a back to back, they are nine and four towards the over. I think Delante mentioned that. Uh, but yeah, I think we do see points early and often. So first quarter over, I'm there with you, Scott. Uh, as well as full game over. I just think, again, defense is going to be very optional in this game, uh, as it has been for the Hawks uh, since the All-Star break, especially at home. Um, did we cover the total? Dante, anything, anything else on the total before we get to player props? Uh, no, nah, I mean, it's just that both teams are top 10 in transition points per possession, so that just bodes well for and over. It's going to be a lot of running and gunning. So, um, 
I mean, in Indiana, Indiana, they can't like they they can't play half court game. They have to play, um, they have to play in like speed and space pace. They just they can't do well in the half court. I mean, their metrics show it. Uh, they're just more elite running, and so I think that the Atlanta will have you know trouble slowing them down, especially with Hadley on the court. Uh, any player props, Delonte, you'd like? Oh, I'm kind of leaning toward. I don't see any up right now. Uh, a lot of it's injury based, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but if I would probably pivot to some Trey Young points and assists overs uh, with a high paced game, you got to look at some of these player props going over. If we think it's, the game's going over, it's going to be a lot of positions. Ball's going to be in the point guard's hands a lot. So, I would look at some uh, points, rebounds, and assists for Halley and some points and assists for Trey. Um, also, Dejounte Murray is kind of interesting with his point total because. Indiana struggles defending the mid-range, uh, the 21st in, in mid-range defense. And, you know, Atlanta shoots the ball well off the pick and roll in the mid-range with some of those bigger bodies they have to screen. So, uh, DeJounte Murray points is kind of interesting to me as well. Uh, Scott, anything that you may be on? I know there's very limited props right now, but anything that catches your eye or players you may be targeting? Yeah, I was considering maybe taking a plus-money play on Miles Turner threes. He hasn't exactly been good at threes lately, so I think I'm going to stay away from it. The percentages have been horrible for the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But conceptually, with Capella being on the court for Atlanta, he's going to try to sag off into the paint. I figured maybe they might be able to get a lot of open openings for uh, Turner because of how Capella likes to guard people and he likes to give rim protection. So I thought maybe looking at Turner, but I think I have to stay away because he can't hit a three right now to save his life. So I think I'm going to stay away from that one. We don't exactly have many props we said before. Yeah. I'm blindly going to be tempted by the over and assists between Young and Halliburton because once again it's a total in the mid in the low to potentially mid 240s. We'll see how the line moves, but I don't really have much here because I really don't have anything to go by in this one. Yeah. Uh, Capella under in points maybe because he really hasn't been that effective scoring. Good rebounder, but it seems like Atlanta has pivoted a bit more to using a Kunkwu who's done well for him, or for the team, I should say. And Capella, I mean, I'm looking at the offensive numbers here. We know he can't shoot free throws, which helps, shooting 57% this year, which is actually not bad compared to his normal numbers. Uh, but to look at the scoring numbers for uh, Capella recently, 11, 12, 15, 6, 10, 12, 8. So he's gone under 13 in... Uh, let me just do the math really quickly. Uh, two and one, three and one, four and one, five and one, in six of the last seven. So I think 12 and a half is based solely on how high this total is. But Miles Turner, very solid rim protector. And we know Capella has no offensive talent besides dunking the ball. <laughs> I'm, I don't mind Capella unders because the minutes might be a little bit in question as well. Capella's played less than 30 minutes in basically each of the last eight or nine games. I'm going to lean to Capella under here at 12 and a half. Yeah, I was looking at Trey Young's um, assist numbers against this Pacers team. He's had double-digit assist in eight of the last nine games uh, against the Pacers. That number is probably more than likely going to be at ten and a half, but mm-hmm. probably a juice ten and a half. Yeah, yeah and there's about three games in that span where he had ten, uh, exactly ten. He's at eleven or more, and I think it's like five out of the nine games uh, against the Pacers. So. Uh, definitely we'll wait for that number. And, of course, his injury status, like I mentioned, he is questionable here today uh, against the uh, Pacers. And if he doesn't play, then obviously you want to pivot to DeJounte Murray. John Collins did kind of catch my eye as well um, as far as three-point shot. If it's that one-and-a-half for John Collins, 
Against the Pacers, he's knocked down at least two and four out of the last five head-to-head matchups. Um, he's also had a couple of 20-point games in there as well. And I know he's been doing pretty well scoring the basketball as of late. Um, 16, 15, 14, and 22 over the last four games. Um, and then I, I did play a rebounds when he played against the Pistons. I think that was at five and a half with a little bit vague on it. Um, but yeah, maybe it's three pointers here tonight for uh John Collins against the Pacers. Guys, got anything else for this game? Um, uh, Indiana 30 and 24 as a dog, ATS. So, there we go. All right, guys, before we continue the uh handicapping for the games here, let me tell everyone about uh underdog fantasy. The underdog fantasy, it's uh, really heating up with March Madness. We're almost on to the Elite Eight. Uh, college pick'em is a great way to get into the action at Underdog Fantasy, especially, well, let's just face it, your bracket is already busted after day one. Plus, Underdog Fantasy has your favorite college uh, basketball player props as well. Two uh, Elite Eight games later this evening. So, again, head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com using promo code SGPN. Is your bracket still alive? Uh, my <laughs> bracket absolutely died when Marquette lost and then when Houston lost because I had Houston uh, getting at least to the championship game. So I think everybody's probably RIP'd after last night. I'm trying to think of who would have any brackets left besides people that took a flyer with UConn. Yeah, I did. I got I got UConn in the Final Four and Creighton. So you said Final Four, so clearly your champions eliminated already. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. yeah. UCLA right, champion. I had UCLA too. It's unfortunate that they, uh, yeah, they were missing Bona and uh, the yeah. straw, and they uh, were victimized by the thirty-five footer. It's a bad shot. I don't care what anybody says. It's a bad it's shot. It's a great shot. But uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Next game on the schedule. It's going to be a I think a seven o'clock Eastern start here tonight between the Brooklyn Nets. They are headed down to South Beach to take on the Miami Heat. Uh, this line opened up in favor of the Miami Heat at minus five and a half. Uh, that number is consensus minus five and a half. Starting to see some minus six pop up. As well, uh, total opened up at 222. Uh, that number is currently sitting at 221 and a half. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Brooklyn Nets, pretty clean. Uh, Seth Curry is out for personal reasons, and then we got more news about Ben Simmons, uh, some nerve <laughs> uh, issues in his back. Is he just making are they just making up injuries like to cover him? I'm probably pretty sure I think he's probably played his last yeah. game with the Nets. Um, maybe for, in the NBA, yeah, maybe in the NBA as well. For the Miami Heat, uh, Kyle Lowry is questionable, and along with Caleb Martin, questionable. Both are dealing with left knee soreness. Other than that, everybody is a go in this game for the Miami Heat. Uh, Scott, lead us off. Uh, your Brooklyn Nets, they are in South Beach as a five-and-a-half-point underdog. So I'm still trying to figure out how they lost to Cleveland. So I'm going to need a moment there to to, remember, <laughs> to figure out how they blew that game down the stretch. 12-2 run in the final, minute 52, I think give up a rebound on a missed free throw, and a Coro hits a three-pointer. I mean, that's just rough. But I can't believe Miami's laying this many points at the end of the day. Uh, these teams are very competitive whenever they face off against each other, and the Nets have actually fared pretty well against Miami. Now, I do think at the end of the day, Miami's in better form right now because the Nets have lost about five straight. But I do think that the Nets are a bit live here because the Nets have won the first two meetings this season. Durant actually got injured 
in the first meeting this season, and they still managed to win the game anyway, despite not having Durant in the fourth quarter. And they dominated Miami up after Bridges had 45, I think, in that second meeting. But the Nets have not played well. Miami's played better. But five, five and a half or six, like the Nets aren't missing anybody. The Nets were competitive two times against the Cavs. Cavs are a good team. And they lost by six, and they lost by, you know, a miraculous comeback by Cleveland there. Mm. Five and a half or six? I mean, I don't – I think Miami has a very good chance to obviously win the game, but if the Nets won this game, would you be shocked? No, because they're basically tied in the standings. I think these teams are pretty similar to each other. We know that both offenses can have a hard time scoring at times. The Nets defensively are fine, offensively not great. And Miami – but I mean, unless Butler goes crazy, they don't really have many backup options there. I think Adebayo should have a good game, but he occasionally vanishes, and you kind of want him to do more. I'm going to take the points. I just think that this spread is too high. Miami's been horrible as a favorite, especially at home. And the Nets are a team that, even though they don't have the most talent in the world, they're still feisty. They'll hang in there. I'll lean to the Nets. I think you're going to see a close game. If you like the Heat to cover, just blindly parlay that with like Butler 30-plus points. Because the only way they're going to cover is if Butler goes crazy from the floor. Yeah. I'm going to lean to the Nets. I just think there's too many points. Delonte? Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning to Miami. Uh, I think it plays out similar to the the Cleveland game. I mean, I know the second one was close, but Cleveland pretty the much. The first one was a blowout. Yeah, the first one. No, no, they, they came back and almost covered the game. Yeah, so pretty much was wire to wire for. They were down 20 in that game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think it plays out similar to something in between the first game and the second game because I think Miami and Cleveland are. I guess not far power rating wise. Uh, I'm higher really? on Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I, I don't think, think Cle- I, you don't think Cleveland's further ahead. I don't. I mean, maybe by a little, but I don't think they're far apart. Like I, I got them like maybe like two spots below, okay. but not by a ton of points. Like on a neutral. Well, I mean, obviously they won't play on a neutral, but just like I would favor like Cleveland by like three, two or three, like at home. I don't think as as right now because Miami has been playing extremely well offensively, which is was their problem earlier in the season. Like right now, offensively, they're third in offensive rating in the last ten games. So some of the things that I've been seeing with them offensively has really like pushed me, pushed their rating up. Just in my opinion, like as far as how they're playing right now. But like I mean, Brooklyn, like you said, Scott, they lost five straight, one and four ATS in that span. Um, like they struggle rebounding, uh, which Bam should have a field day. Um, they're 25th in offensive rating in the last 10 games, so not a lot of offense there. And, I mean, they couldn't do much on on the Cleveland defense. I think Miami's defense is a, not, as a notch below, but still at an elite level. Um, I know that Miami struggles at home, 12-23 or 12-24 and 2 ATS at home, 19-33 uh, uh, and 3 is a favorite. But I, I like the matchup. I just think that it plays out similar to what the Cavs game did. Um I gotta see. I gotta see more from Brooklyn. I mean, they're fighting. At least they're not just giving up. But I think Miami is the way they've been playing offensively just coincides better with them defensively. So I think they have a, a good game plan here, and it's a game that they gotta kind of win. I mean, they're still in that you know play in scenario. So um, I think Butler, well, both, like you said, kind of need to win to be yeah. honest. Yeah, but I mean, I think I think Brooklyn's reeling a little bit more than yeah. than Miami is. So, but I mean, still motivation is still gonna be there for both teams. You're right. So. Uh, yeah, I lean to Miami. Uh, I think they'll. I think they win by seven or eight. Yeah, I think there's a spot where I'm gonna uh, take the Heat in the first quarter. Uh, just get in and get out with my money. Um, since the All Star break, especially on the road, uh, Miami or sorry, the 
Brooklyn Nets have been getting outscored around an average of uh, nine points in that first quarter in road games. They're giving up around 34.4 points in that first quarter to the opposition in those road games and only scoring 25.2 in that span uh, on the road after the all-star break are the Nets giving up. So, um, and it seems like they're, they're, they're not giving up, right? Like you, like Lante just mentioned, like they're still fighting um, in that second half, because you kind of look at the numbers, they're outscoring their opponents by around five to six points in that third quarter are the Nets. So they're not laying down, but I think they're getting off the slow start. So I think that's where the Heat can take advantage at home. Um, so I'm going with the Nets in the, sorry, the uh, Heat in the first quarter, minus two full game. I'll probably lean with the, uh, with the Nets as well. Um, we talked about it all throughout the season, how the Miami Heat, they win games at home, but they're not they're not covering the number. So I could see easily where they win this game by three or four points and then that's they fall short, but they still do cover the number here. So uh, first quarter for me, for sure, for the Miami Heat on their team are uh, on the spread and uh, team total as well. Over twenty nine and a half for the Miami Heat. Heat last five games at home, three and one, three, one and one against the spread in that first quarter. So um Miami Heat for me in the first quarter. Uh, Go over to the total here, Scott. Any thoughts on the total, 221.5? So normally you'd think under because it should be a playoff atmosphere and both teams defensively are pretty good. But the last meeting they played ended up landing 221, even though Bridges had roughly 45 points. I think I have to lean to the under in this one, the more that I think about it. Bridges went nuclear for 45, and the game still went under this number. Miami offensively has been better lately, but it's mostly just Jimmy Butler going crazy. I don't think they've really changed anything with the offensive system. It just seems like Butler has kind of turned his level up a notch, and he's kind of taking over games more. So I'm going to lean under. I still don't like the Nets' offense at the moment. Now, it was fine against Cleveland in the second game, but still, there's too many lulls that you see with this offense because even late in games, Dimwitty, he's a, he's a fine player, He thinks he's so much better than he is, and he tries to isolate, and he fails all the time. Dylan Brooks syndrome? It is. No, because Brooks doesn't dribble that much. Brooks is more of a heat-check three-point guy. Dimwitty's more of a, I have to drain the clock for 20 seconds and then get past this guy before taking a contested one-legged floater layup. And that's kind of what Dimwitty does. And it's not good offense late in games. It's why the Nets have kind of lost some games down the stretch. I think Bridges should get the ball pretty much every time late in games based on how he's played with the team. But the point is, I'm going to lean under. I think you'll get one, at least one really ugly quarter between these teams. And I think one of these offenses, probably the Nets, are going to struggle here just based on what we're expecting to be a defensive battle between two playoff play-in teams. If this is not a playoff atmosphere with like a couple weeks to go in the season, I don't know what is because this is kind of what exactly you're looking for. And Miami's lost the first two games to the Nets this season. It's a very important game for both teams, but Miami really can't afford to get swept by a team that it's competing with for the final spot out of the play-in. I'm going to go with the under. I see an ugly battle, kind of like the first meeting this season, where both teams barely got to 100. I'm on the under. Talante? Yeah, I'm with Scott. Uh, I think it plays out exactly like you said. Um, The Nets have been struggling offensively, so I don't think they find any success here against against a good defense. Um, while the Heat defense has, I mean, with the Heat offense has been playing well, like Scott said, man, it's going to be a, a good playoff atmosphere, so I don't look for either team to, you know, score over 110, 115, so I like the under a lot also. I think we'll see points early, and then I think it kind of levels off in the second half. Um, 
And that's where I think the defenses do show up. Um, so, yeah, I'll lean with the under with you guys as well. Any player props you guys are looking at, Scott? Anything uh, for player props? So Butler historically has been awful against the Nets when it comes to scoring. And I'll go through the numbers here. 13-26-7. Somehow it's seven points in a game. 13-17-16. So recently has not done well. However... I don't know if I can fully take it because Butler has recently decided to put the entire team on his back and he had 35 mm-hmm. against the Knicks. So I'm not sure if I actually want to go with a Butler under or if I think he's just going to walk into 30 because the team's going to need him to. I like out a bios matchup in this game uh, just because I do think that the Nets, despite liking Claxton as a player, he still gives up a ton of weight and size. Not really the size, more the weight every time uh, when he goes up against any true center in the NBA. And I'm just pulling up Adebayo's numbers against the Nets. But I think Adebayo could have a very good game here, both offensively and defensively. In his career in 19 games against the Nets, he averages roughly 17 points and 9 rebounds. But the last couple of games against the Nets, 24-13-6, and 10-8-2, and 14-6-2. So those aren't great. But 13-11-6, and 19-14-4, and 24-9, 21-15-5, 26, 10, and 5, 41, 5, and 9. I think Adebayo is going to have a good game here. Probably somewhere along the lines of like 22 and 12, if I had to guess. But the issue with the Nets and their lack of front court depth, they've started giving Sharp more minutes because they really don't have a backup center. And yeah. if Claxton gets into foul trouble at all, the team's absolutely screwed. So I'm going to lean to Adebayo. He's going to do a lot of damage in the pick and pop game for mid range. He's also capable of using his quickness and strength to potentially bullies from some smaller centers with, uh, you know, that potential mismatch. I like Adebayo over. His points are around 20 and a half, which is kind of where I think he's going to end up, but I think he'll probably go over. But Adebayo rebounds is nine and a half, and it's like minus 105 to the over. I like the over. I, I think he's going to end up getting double-digit rebounds. All right, Delonte. Uh, yeah, just to expand on um, on what Scott said, I like his uh, points, rebounds, and assists over 32 and a half. He's over in three of the last four games. I think it's a good matchup for him. Um, we all know Brooklyn's a horrible re- horrible at rebounding, bottom three and, and rebound percentage. He had 20-plus points in uh, three of the last four games. And, you know, his rebounds, been pretty. it's been a pretty effective and steady. Um, so, basically, Mobley, Porter Jr., and Sabonis all dominated the Brooklyn front line. I think uh, Sabonis had 21 rebounds, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Mobley had a big second game. He had a decent first game. I think he had 19-7 in that first matchup, but he exploded in that second game. So, I see Bam having similar success, like, from a matchup perspective as uh, as those guys. So, um, now, of course, he doesn't shoot it like Porter Jr., but Sabonis and Mobley, similar uh, game-wise. So, I like him over 32 and a half. Points, rebounds, and assists. Um, Hero, over two and a half threes. I uh, probably want to just buy it to three because I think it's at minus 125, 130 right now. If that's too much juice for you, I would just buy it to three and get a little bit better price. Um, Brooklyn, 29th in three-point percentage defense. And Hero's hit this in three straight. Uh, the volume will be there. He's averaging eight a game, uh, eight in the last five. So I think he'll be there with the volume. And uh, I think he'll get some open looks also off the dribbling kick. So I like Hero over two and a half threes. Yeah, I like that call as well. Uh, Tyler Hero on his threes. And then I was going to mention Bam as well, but I'm not going to regurgitate everything Scott said. I think it's a great matchup for him here tonight uh, against the uh, Brooklyn Nets. So, um, yeah, Bam and Tyler Hero were my two guys I was going to mention as well. 
All right, let's get over to the next game of the night, gentlemen. It's going to be a battle between uh, two former MVPs. We have the Milwaukee Bucks. They are headed to the Mile High City in a back-to-back situation to take on the Denver Nuggets. Uh, This line opened up in favor of the Denver Nuggets at minus 2.5. That number has pretty much stayed the course at minus 2.5. Total opened up at 235. That's been bet up to 236.5. Uh, looking at the injury report for the Denver Nuggets, um, pretty clean injury report. Uh, nobody really on there of significance. And for the Milwaukee Bucks, they did play last night in Utah, but most of the starters did not, if any of them, did not play in that fourth quarter because they just came out to care of business in three quarters. Milwaukee got the victory there, 144-116. Chris Middleton did not play in that game uh, for injury management. I'm going to go and make the assumption that he does play here tonight. Uh, because they are in a back-to-back situation. I think we've talked about it, and a lot of guys have been talking about it in the Discord as well. In back-to-back situations this season, the Bucks have been absolutely brilliant. Uh, they are, I believe, 8-0-2 or 9-0-1, depending on the number that you did get for the Milwaukee Bucks in back-to-back situations. 9-1 straight up, 7-3 towards the under. Uh, but again, we are talking about late in the season here where maybe dead legs catch up here, Scott, where they are going from altitude to altitude. But Bucks are catching two and a half here, man. What do you think? I think the Bucks win. Uh, simply put, I don't think Denver is a better team than Milwaukee. I don't think any team is a better team than Milwaukee right now. And the Nuggets, they've been better lately, but do they guard anybody? Still not really. I mean, you're looking at the wins they've had recently. They beat the Nets. We just talked about it. that team's kind of falling apart. They beat the Wizards. They trailed in that game actually quite comfortably after after a half, and then the third quarter came around and Denver smacked them. But they weren't exactly sharp for some of that game, and the Wizards have also not been good lately. So I'm not going to overreact how easy the Denver schedule's been and recently and how Denver ended up winning those two games. But Milwaukee's a great team. They're the best team in the league right now. I'm on Milwaukee. It's a back-to-back, but as you said, the starters didn't have to play for the entire fourth quarter, so I'm not exactly mm-hmm. concerned by it. I think Giannis walks into 40 here. Uh, looking at the last meeting this season, uh, I find that this number is pretty funny, but Giannis's points prop is 30 and a half. I think he gets 40 because Giannis attempted 22 free throws <laughs> in the first meeting this season. Went 15 of 22, which is actually not that bad percentage-wise for Giannis. But the point is, he only attempted 15 shots because he went to the line so many times. But the fact is... Denver proved by allowing that many free throws that they have no resistance at all. We already knew that, but still, Giannis is going to get whatever he wants inside the paint. And I think that as a result, he should have a massive game. We saw Embiid have a massive game against Jokic earlier this year. You can argue for MVP motivation or whatever you want to call it, ulterior motives. I think Giannis puts on a show against Jokic. And I think Giannis probably scores 40 and has like 14 rebounds. It's a national TV game too. So... Or it's not really a national TV game, but it's a televised game sure. on NBA TV. Yep. I think Giannis goes nuts. Giannis has killed me, though, when I've been backing him to go crazy in some games. Yesterday, as an example, I had him triple-double at 13-1. to one. He grabbed six rebounds. Thanks a lot for that. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Giannis to have a massive game here. I got to check what the price is on 40-plus points. But, once again, 22 free throws. If they just give him the ball and let him be a freight train for 35 minutes or so, he's going to score 40. Like, what is Denver supposed to do to stop him? I, I don't think they can really do anything. So I'm going to go with Giannis over in points, and I like Milwaukee money line. 
Denver should not be laying two and a half here. I think I think that this is worst case scenario a pick them. Milwaukee should arguably be favored. I think they're actually that much better than Denver as a team. Uh, Delonte, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with everything Scott said. Uh, Denver's returning on returning home from a road trip where they played a pretty weak schedule. Uh, I would think we saw them get it going somewhat against some of those lower tier teams. Um, they played Second in half against Washington. They got it together. Yeah, so right. they played four straight unders. So that defense is a bit inflated due to some of the teams that they've been playing. They are pretty brilliant at home, 22-13 and one ATS. But like Scott said, I mean, I think Milwaukee's just a better team, and Middleton's going to be back. He's off of uh, off of rest, so should be pretty spry. Um, Milwaukee's eighteen and fourteen ATS on the road. Uh, they play really good defense to combat everything that Denver does offensively. Um, and like Scott said, like the rim is going to be a, a major key for uh, for Denver. They don't have any you know rim protection. Twenty ninth in rim percentage defense, so Giannis should dominate. At the at the glass, I mean him, Bobby Portis. I would look at some Bobby Portis props. Um, so, and Denver also struggles in transition. They're twenty fourth in a transition defense points per possession allowed. Uh, now Milwaukee doesn't necessarily run, but they do when the opportunity presents itself. And I think Bud will see that and get them running a little bit more. I mean, Munafi read off the the back to back numbers. It doesn't phase them coming off the back to back, and they didn't play as many minutes against um, Utah last night. So, yeah, man, I like Milwaukee here. Um, I don't think that – I don't think anything Scott said was was wrong. I agree with everything he said. Pretty much laid out the handicap for us. Um, so, uh, give me Milwaukee on the money line. I didn't even mention, by the way, Giannis did have 33 on those 22 free throw attempts in the first game. They only scored 107 points. Yeah. But so if you're assuming Milwaukee scores like 120, then that's a couple extra points there to throw there. I think Milwaukee probably does score 120 here. But, yeah, it's another reason if you want to take Giannis, I expect a masterclass performance. What did he play, 25 minutes last night? Uh, last night he played 20, yeah, 25. No starter played more than 30. The Only Pat Connington had 29 minutes, which was the most on the team. I saw Holiday <laughs> played 25. Brooke Lopez, 26 minutes last night. So Minnesota, I was going to say, again, he had like six blocks last night again, didn't he? Seven, yeah. He had 17, seven? 14, okay. yeah, and then seven blocks last night for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, yeah, I mean, I like the Bucks here as well. Um, it's just simple that they've been really good on back-to-back situations as well. I think that Scott said that Giannis is probably going to put on a performance going up against Jokic here tonight. I think that you know, their guys will get into foul trouble. We saw that in the first matchup against the Denver Nuggets on their home floor. Where he did, like Scott mentioned, he had 22 free throw attempts. Um, and I just think overall they're the better team. I think the perimeter of this Denver Nuggets defense with Jamal Murray, um, Michael Porter Jr., they're going to struggle defensively. Um, I think we'll see guys getting up open looks and open shots for the Milwaukee Bucks. I think they'll be able to knock them down as well. And we talked about it on that road trip, or I think even after the All Star, but they've been a little bit better defensively. But when you have this type of juggernaut coming in offensively, I think that Milwaukee Bucks should have some success on the uh, offensive side. So uh, I'll go Milwaukee Bucks money line here as well. Thoughts on the total here, Scott, 236.5. Starting to see some 237s pop up. I have to lean over because the first meeting landed 206, and the second meeting's total was 30 points higher than when the first meeting landed. I think I just have to lean to the over because that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I think you're going to see a high-scoring game. I mentioned how Milwaukee's got a one-man fast break that Denver has no answers for. I'm not saying Jokic is going to have a bad game. I think that he'll be able to do his thing, and I expect pace to be pretty 
uh, prominent in this game. I'm going to lean over. It seems high, but the fact that there's over money coming in after the first meeting landed 206 makes me believe that the potential under might be a sucker play. I'm going to lean to the over. Yeah, I think that, well, that first game they were with Denver didn't have Jokic, Murray, and Jamal, Michael Porter. So that's what I'm saying. So you can kind game. of toss, you can just straight up toss that out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want to I want to lean towards the under here as well, but it just makes me nervous. I feel like this is a game where Milwaukee will probably put up like easily 120, 125 points. I'd rather take Milwaukee team total. Yeah. To pick. Yeah. Um, Delonte, total? Yeah, man, I'm leaning to the unders, but I don't want to be a sucker, like Scott said, so I'm just, I'm probably not going to bid you it. You might be right, but I think you could agree that that number does seem like insanely high, like it's daring you to take the under, and I'm not sh- and there's money coming in on, and it's going up, so I don't, I don't even yeah. know. Yeah, it's probably just ba- it's probably just baked in on some of the like bad teams that Denver has been playing. I mean, Denver Denver's allowed 105 or less in three of the last five games. So, but that's playing like bottom fears. Then he played Detroit um, and a couple other bad teams. I can't remember exactly who they Washington, played. Washington. I was at the Nets game. Yeah. So, and the Nets offense is pretty bad. Um, it wasn't so, good. It wasn't good. Yeah. So I, I would lean to the under, uh, which you went off. I think that in a high like frequency game, it's going to be a lot of. Um, a lot of good players in the game. A lot of eyes on the game. Uh, what is that? Not is it that nine? Yeah, nine Eastern. Um, so yeah, it'll probably be in the middle of the of the uh, Elite Eight game. Yeah, so uh, I think it'll be a high intensity game. Um, I think defenses will both play uh, a decent part. So um, give me the under here. I like how you uh, included the uh, times of the Elite Eight games uh, or the uh, March Madness games tonight, like just to throw that in there because yeah. I'm, I'm probably not going to be watching this game either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any player props you guys are looking at? Delonte, lead us off. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at Giannis uh, rebounds. I think Scott laid it out pretty pretty well. Uh, he's going to dominate the glass. Denver is just struggling on um, to defend the rims. So I think he has a monster night on the glass. Uh, that's the only one I have right now. I didn't see any other ones when I was uh, doing prep because I guess the injuries. But I would also look at some Bobby Portis points and rebounds. Um, I don't know if I can find a number on that just yet. Do you see a number on that? Uh, not yet. Just see starters listed. Yeah. So um, I would look at some Bobby Porter stuff. And uh, on the opposite side, look at Michael Porter Jr. Uh, I mean, he probably has to score 20-22 for them to be competitive in this game. So I like him overall. So. Scott, anybody outside of Giannis? Uh, I mean, if I'm going to pick Giannis to have a great game, am I automatically pivoting to Drew Holiday assists? Yeah, I was looking after that, but I don't see a Drew Holiday list I don't see that for either. some reason. Yeah. Because they played yesterday, so I guess they're waiting to see what the story yeah. is. And maybe if Middleton plays, Holiday has the ball less, and they're kind of wait that out. But do you like Lopez blocks in this game, or is Jokic impervious to getting blocked? Uh, I mean, he could block other players too, right? Because Aaron Gordon's going to attempt every shot at the rim, so that's why I'm wondering. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see how he – well, I don't think he played in that – or did he? Let me see. Um it's mostly because he's been walking into six or seven blocks, what feels like every game for the past week and a half. He did have four blocks in that game earlier, okay. but again, that was without uh, the three guys that we mentioned. But yeah, I, I could see a possibility where he does get the blocks in this game. Um, anything else? As far as player props, no. anything else for this game, guys? I think that's nope. it. All right. I'm contemplating about you yeah. take Giannis 40-plus or just ladder it from 30 to 40. Hey, yeah, they got oh, it. Um, somebody in the chat put uh, plus 470. I see 480. Oh, so. okay. Uh, I mean, it, I don't. You can't ask for a better matchup, can you? Totals nope. like two thirty-six and a half. Denver's can't stop anybody in the paint. Giannis is going to have just a free runway to the rim every time, 
And he only played yeah. 25 minutes last night. And he was very passive in that game. I think he'll be more aggressive against a fellow MVP candidate. Yeah. Just to answer Kobe's question, I think we're probably just all on just grab Giannis points and ladder it up to 40 uh, yeah. and then see what happens. Unless you want to make a counterpoint. But I, I 22 free throws in the first game. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't have any a counter argument against it. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys, let's get over to the next game of the night. We have the Philadelphia 76ers. They are headed to Arizona to take on the Phoenix Suns. Uh, both teams on a back-to-back situation here, so um, the injury report is a uh, blank for me here. So uh, we'll start with the side here. Right now, Philly opened up as a one-point favor. That number is now uh, to minus two in favor of the Phoenix Suns. Total opened up at 228. That number is now at 225. Um, we did see Doc Rivers say that it is a possibility that Harden comes back tonight, but I think it's more than likely he doesn't come back till Monday. Uh, Embiid did have a huge game last night against the Golden State Warriors where they did fall short in that game. Warriors got the victory uh, 120 to 112. Like I said, Embiid in that game, 46 points, had nine rebounds and eight assists. Played 38 minutes for the last night. Tyrese Maxey, 21 points in 40 minutes as well for the Philadelphia 76ers. So I'm not sure what the injury designation is going to be. Phoenix also last night uh, took an L against the Sacramento Kings. They got absolutely blitzed in that third quarter, got outscored 45 to 26. That was pretty much the game um, for the Phoenix Suns. But last night, Chris Paul played 32 minutes, and then Devin Booker only played 33 minutes. So, and then you had Terrence Ross off the bench scoring 30 points for the Phoenix Suns, but again, wasn't good enough. Scott, right now, Phoenix minus two. Not sure how much we can go off of without any injury news right now. But any thoughts here? I think I'm going to have to lean to Phoenix just because of the fact that both teams lost yesterday, but Philly with Embiid's injury history and the fact that he dropped 46 while, while battling something, I'm not sure how likely is when it comes to playing this game or how likely he is to dominate after he played that many minutes yesterday. I don't care if Harden plays or not. In fact, I think Phoenix betters want Harden to play because I'm not sure he can move. An Achilles injury isn't something that heals quickly. Like That's going to linger for a while, and we saw how he looked in that Chicago game. Went two for 14. He looked cooked. I mean, he couldn't move. He couldn't do anything. So I think uh, Phoenix fans actually kind of want Harden to play, as crazy as that sounds. But I am going to link to Phoenix here. They're a great home team. If they if Philly had not played yesterday, I would take the Sixers. But they did. And I think there is a chance that MB doesn't play. Then again, when Embiid has missed a bunch of games, the Sixers have won without him anyway. They're actually pretty good when Embiid doesn't play. So I'm going to lean to Phoenix I'll back in, in what I think is going to be a close game or what should be based on the lack of injury knowledge here. I'll back the team that's been very good at home. I'm going to lean to Phoenix. Dante. Yeah, I'm leaning to Phoenix also. Uh, they've been struggling as of late. They haven't covered in five straight games, one and four straight up in that span. Uh, they return at home where they're 19 and 16 ATS. Uh, I mean, it's just evident that they play well at the beginning of the games and then they just fall off a cliff. Like you said, went off in that uh, in like the third, fourth quarters. So I mean, that kind of worries me. But I mean, Doc Rivers is on the other side, and he just blew a game last night. So who am I to you know go against that trend? That fourth quarter uh, was very ugly for Philly. Yeah, very, very. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Philly they've covered seven of the last ten. They're pretty good on back to backs. Uh, seven, three, and one. I guess depending on where you uh, grade to close. 
2015 ATS on the road, uh, first in offensive rating the last ten games. I think if MB, I don't think MB plays honestly. Um, that he exerted a lot of energy last night. Um, like Kevon Looney was beating him up, and they were still he was still doing what he wanted. And I think if he if he plays today, which I don't think he does, uh, he pretty much dominate with that. Oh, I'm sorry. You think he gets limited minutes even if he does play? Yeah, I mean, I would think so because, I mean, you don't want to play him back-to-back. That was a high-intensity game last night that they played, and I don't think you want to, you know, risk injuring him in a non-conference game, you know. So Mm -hmm. uh, I would just lean towards him not playing. I took one last night with Phoenix just simply off of, you know, basically what Munaf said. I don't think he's going to play. I don't think Harden is going to play either. Um, But if Phoenix needs a win, um, I I don't know. They're kind of treading water until Durant gets back, but – they just haven't looked good as of late, uh, but it's a short number. Good home team, uh, you know. But it does, like Scott said, it would be better if you know if Phoenix wasn't off a back to back. But I lean to Phoenix here. I think they can get it done. Yeah, they have a game tonight in Phoenix, obviously, and then they don't. They play on Monday in Denver to wrap up this uh, four game road trip for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. So, yeah, I'll lean with Phoenix here as well. I mean, I, I really didn't have much for this game. Um, even though it could have been a really good game if everybody was healthy, been playing in this game. But um, I'll, I'll lean with the home team again. CP3 and Devin Booker only played about 32 and 33 minutes last night compared to Joel Embiid, who played 40. Also had about, what, 30-some minutes from Tyrese Maxey as well. Um, and again, it's a big game for the Phoenix Suns um, as far as you know, playoff standings go, like we talked about in the Western Conference, where everything is just so tight right now. But um yeah, I really didn't have I mean, I'll, I'll lean. I mean, no official play for me. Uh, so let's get over to the total in this game. Delonte, anything on 225? Uh, well, um, Philly has been playing to the under for the last five went under, and Phoenix has been playing to the over, four straight overs. Now, Phoenix's uh, point spreads have been, you know, like middling 210s, like 215, 216-ish. Um, but that goes to the team that they're playing. Both teams off back-to-back, think tired legs, going to come into factor. So I'll lean to the under. Okay, Scott, total? Uh, I think I'm going to lean over. I have no strong opinion on it, but if Embiid doesn't play, Philly probably plays faster. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to lean over, but I I don't have much here. There's no chance I bet the total in this game, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, That's a good point, I- though. Do not see well, let me see if there are. Uh yeah, I see very limited player props. I do see for Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Joel Embiid player props. But Dante, you have any player props you were looking at? Not really. Um, like you said, I was kind of trying to wait on like matchup wise on who plays and who not, but I guess I would lean to Booker uh points and assists. Uh, he's been more facilitating. I mean, Chris Paul, I mean, people are not talking about it, but Chris Paul looks really, really bad. I mean, he doesn't look good at all. Um I think they kind of enjoy him and uh, Fox getting into it uh, with the Fox flop imitation. No, I I didn't. I didn't see that actually. I didn't see it. Chris Paul like fell at half court, like trying to draw a classic foul, and they called it on him. So Fox just looks at the ref and like fake dives on the floor, like mocking Chris (laughs) Paul. It was actually really funny. Then Uh, ironically, uh, Fox got injured like ten minutes later. (laughs) Oh wow, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that, but that's. I'll have to go watch that. But all you had to do was say this ain't 2014 anymore, and he would have had his best Steph Curry impersonation. Um. Any other anything else for this game, Scott? Player props you're looking at? Anything else? I, I keep mentioning Maxi, but it keeps kind of being a moot point because Embiid keeps playing. So if Embiid's yeah. not playing, <laughs> I'll take Maxi. Uh, I think Maxi should go for 25 or more if Embiid's out. 
I mean, I'm trying to think of who to pivot to. I mean, do you blindly take a Paul Reed double-double if MB doesn't play? Maybe, but I don't know when they'd even post that. Yeah. Do you dare trust Tobias Harris? Like, somebody's going to have to score the ball. Tobias Harris if, season, man. Is, I don't know if it's He had a pretty Tobias good game Harris last season. night, didn't he? <laughs> he did. He played, he played really well last night. Uh, let me see his numbers from last he played night. Really well. He was hitting big shots down the stretch. It was so it was, uh, the shots were so big they still lost the game. But no, he he was very good. He went ten of twelve. Yeah, ten of twelve, twenty three point six. Yeah, he, he was very good. But uh, that's what I'm saying. I, do you maybe consider taking a Tobias twenty plus point game if Embiid's out? Maybe. I mean, somebody's gonna yeah. have to shoot. Yeah. Yeah, it would probably be him. Uh, maybe Milton. I don't know. Uh, we've seen him flashes of him. When Milton Harden's or Milton? Been out. Uh, DeAnthony De- Milton. Okay. They got both, right? Yeah. Yeah, they got both. That's why it's confusing because they got Chick yeah. Milton and they got DeAnthony Melton. Yeah, DeAnthony. <laughs> um, but Embiid has really dominated against the uh, against the Suns in his career. Um, just going to imagine the game Aiden log. guarding him. Like Aiden's got to be miserable. Aiden's out though. Isn't Aiden's he? out. No, no, no. Back? I'm saying historically, since oh, yeah, you're yeah. mentioning how good oh, Embiid yeah. is, we roast Embiid. We roast uh, Aiden for being soft all the time. Yeah, that's got to be a miserable matchup having to deal with Embiid every time. Biombo's a bigger body, but I mean, he's not a he's not really a good player. He's just a big body. And John Glendale's going to get put in the rim. So I don't know what they're supposed to do if Embiid plays in this game. 33 or more points in seven straight matchups against the Suns. Right now, I see his points prop at 34 and a half for Joel Embiid. All right, guys, two games left on the board. Let's go through it. Uh, the Utah Jazz, they are in Sacramento here tonight to take on the Kings. Uh, currently, this line opened up in favor of the Sacramento Kings at minus nine. That number's now been bet down to uh, updated number right now is at minus seven and a half. Um, Total opened up at 241 and a half. The numbers are currently at 237. Uh, like I mentioned, Sacramento played last night. They did get the victory against the uh, Phoenix Suns. I am going to go ahead and make the assumption that D.A. Aaron Fox does not play in this game because he left with a hamstring injury. Um, and then again, Utah also played last night against Milwaukee at home, but you saw Laurie Markkinen didn't play in that game. Um, Jordan Clarkson has been out as well. Uh, who else didn't play in that game for the Utah Jazz? They're pretty much without their top guys. I'll just say that. Um, Scott, lead us off here. Let's call it minus seven is the updated number right now for the Phoenix. Sorry, for the Sacramento Kings hosting the Utah Jazz. So I'm assuming automatically that Fox is not going to play. Yeah, he suffered I mean, a hamstring injury, injury and he didn't come back. So I'm assuming that he's not. He's going to be out for a couple games. Utah, from what I've seen the last couple of games, had one of the worst defenses I've ever seen. <laughs> played against Portland. They gave up 60-something points in the paint to Portland. It was horrible. It was a layup line and a dunk line. Played Milwaukee yesterday. Gave up 144 points. Utah, historic this season, has been one of the best and most profitable underdog teams in the league. Then we saw them yesterday get run out by 28 points. Utah can't guard anyone. And the funny part about trying to watch or listen to local broadcasts because you're trying to find games at the last minute, you hear how biased the (laughs) announcers are for teams. Utah's announcer keeps talking about how Utah uses a matchup zone to switch some things up and to try to give give offense a different look. It's a free dunk every time they use a a matchup zone. They're giving up wide-open shots every time they play a zone. And the announcers keep talking about how it's a good thing they switch to a zone. 
It's really funny. They can't guard anybody. I'm on the Kings team total over. They might score 140 points. But Utah has been a good team as a dog this season. But from what I've seen with the effort the last couple of games, I think that it looks like a punting effort. Like, it's that bad how they've played lately. I think they might roll over. The fact that Lori's not playing recently while they're currently competing for a play-in spot, and the one game he did play, he dropped 40 points, and now he's not playing again. I think they're actively punting. I'm going to lean over. I'm going to ignore the side. I'm leaning Sacramento anyway. And I know that Utah, a lot of people blindly take Utah because they've been so profitable as a dog. They've shown me less than nothing the last couple of games. Give me Sacramento team total over. I think they score 135 points. It's a bonus triple-double maybe. You have a lot of options here. But I'm going with the over. Threes for Herder, threes for Monk. They try to play a zone. They can't guard anybody. Give me the King scoring 130 points. Uh, Delonte, what do you got? Damn, I can't follow that up. That was a passionate, great <laughs> handicap right there. I just God. watched personal happen with uh, Utah Jazz and uh, Scott. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, man. I, I had them uh, against Portland, uh, minus three and a half. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah. they lost outright, even though uh, Markkinen scored 40 points. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, like Scott said, I mean, I'm not sure how interested they are in winning. I mean, are they tanking? Like, why is Markin not playing? He scored yeah, 40 I don't points, and they're just not playing him again. Yeah. And it's not, it's not like they're like far out. I mean, they're right in the thick of things. So you would think they would want to put those guys in position to at least play some, you know, meaningful basketball and not have the risk. Now, I don't know the injury status or if they're actually injured. I don't, I didn't, I don't watch much of Utah. Um, but I think they're more interested in developing their younger core, seeing what they have, seeing what they can keep around and, and put with those draft picks. Um, I mean, I don't think I have to expand on anything else. Uh, I, I'm on Sacramento team total also. Uh, they've allowed – Utah's allowed 120-plus in the last three games. You know, people look at the ATS numbers and probably going to bet them blindly, like, like Scott said. But even without Fox, I think it's a decent matchup for the Kings. Um, they've covered six of the last ten. Um but the Kings also, you know, struggle defensively, allowed 125 plus in last three games. They have to get out and run transition to top five offense points per possession uh, in transition while Utah is bottom three in defending transition. So they're going to it's going to be an up and down game. Uh, and I think that bodes well for Sacramento. So give me Sacramento team total over 122 and a half. And I'll lean to the over also just so we can go ahead and knock it out all in one spiel. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm not going to regurgitate everything. It's Kings team total over and Kings for me as well. Uh, player props, Delonte, anything you're looking at? Uh, no, I don't have anything for this game. Yeah, I don't see anything listed either. Uh, Scott, anything? Uh, Herder threes. I saw Grayson Allen at 14 points in like the first six minutes of the game last night because they keep trying to play zone. Yeah. And Is once again, the it's- – Herder, yeah, he came back yesterday. He played yesterday. Okay. He was incredible. Okay, 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 okay. He was really, really good yesterday. So he looked. He he's looked been good fine. all month. He's yeah, maybe month. Monk threes, but I've seen Utah play the last couple of games. They are handing out wide open three pointers all the time. I got to take the three point guys there. If Fox is out, I was trying to think of what else to take because Sabonis has not had much success against Utah because they play the zone a little bit. They still have, of course, one of the best rim protectors in the league and Walker Kessler kind of roaming. So I, I don't know if it's a great matchup for Sabonis, but I maybe wouldn't mind the assists on Sabonis by himself mm-hmm. because he's going to sit in the middle of the zone. He'll try to pick it apart. So maybe a Sabonis assists if you want to just ignore the points and rebounds part of it. But I'm really just looking at the three-point shooters for Sacramento because, once again, Utah, if you just look at the highlights, there's wide-open guys at the three-point line every possession. 
Yeah. I'll keep back in the three-point shooters. Uh, maybe Keegan Murray, but I saw he got injured in yesterday's game. I'm not sure what his status is going to yeah. be for this one. But I'm blindly taking Sacramento three-point guys over. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to really see, the, again, the injury report for both teams. But I think, yeah, you probably want to target three-point shooters in this game, at least for the Sacramento Kings, whether it's even Harrison Barnes can knock it down as well. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Harrison Barnes, Malik Monk coming off the bench as well. Davion Mitchell, if he gets to start, if De'Aaron Fox is not playing here tonight. So, uh, yeah, definitely wait for that injury report. All right, guys, last game on the schedule. We got the New Orleans Pelicans. They are in L.A. here tonight to take on the Clippers. This line opened up in favor of the Clippers at minus five. It's pretty much stayed at minus five. Total opened up at 224 and a half. Uh, that number is now dropped to 223 and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the New Orleans Pelicans, the usual suspects are out. Uh, Trey Murphy is questionable here tonight with a uh, left great t- toe irritation is the official classification on the injury report. Is that for- like turf toe without the turf? Possibly. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I've, Who that's that the first again? time I've ever seen that. Trey Murphy. Trey, Trey Murphy. Oh, Trey. Okay, Trey. Uh, and then for the Clippers, we know Paul George obviously is out for about two to three weeks at minimum. Uh, and then Norman Powell continues to be out as well. Um, let's start with the side here. Scott, why don't you lead us off? Minus five right now for the Clippers hosting the Pelicans. So I think I'm going to lean Clippers here. And I've given the Clippers a hard time all season long, rightfully so, because they're have they 39 and 35. And I believe they had the highest win total in the entire Western Conference. But... I think I'm going to lean Clippers because even though New Orleans has won three straight games, you beat Houston, you beat San Antonio, <laughs> and you beat Charlotte. Congrats. Like I, That doesn't mean anything to me. Like I don't know how I'm supposed to have any real takeaways from that. Clippers had a nice win against OKC. Really just a random no-show by OKC after they had a close loss to uh to, they, they ended up beating the Clippers the day before. Then Paul George mm-hmm. got ruled out, and they ended up smacking him the game after. Yeah, But I'm going to lean to the Clippers here. I, I just think that Kwai is going to do his thing. I'm not sure New Orleans can stop him. Nobody can really stop Kwai right now. I think that Zubak can match up with Valanchunas relatively evenly. So I think that'll be a battle in itself. But Ingram was really good last game. I believe he had a triple-double last time. But I quarters. don't think he's going to... What? In three I think quarters, he had it in three quarters. I don't think he's ever had 10 assists in three quarters of his entire career. I don't see that happening again. But I'm going to lean to the Clippers here. I think that even though Paul George being out, it sounds like a big deal, it actually frees up more shots for Kwai. And I think you want Kwai shooting it more than anybody else on the team. And Westbrook's been good, even with a bigger role with this team. I don't trust him late in games, but I think he's got a decent matchup here since New Orleans' front court defense or backcourt defense, I should say, isn't even that isn't that great. So I'm going to go with the Clippers here at home. New Orleans, they've won three straight. Congratulations. You beat arguably the three worst teams in the league or three of the worst five teams in the league. I'm going to go with the Clippers here. I think they get it done. Adelante, what do you got? Yeah, so let me add. So uh, on a new, I'm not on neutral, but like, yeah, I guess on a neutral floor. Who is like high, who's rated higher? Is the Pelicans or the um, the Thunder? Who you guys, you would favor, I'm, I'm assuming the Thunder, obviously. The Thunder are at least competing for a play-in spot. New Orleans isn't even in the play-in right now. Right, so it's, it's the, the same exact... Are they in the play-in right now? No, right? No, they're, uh, I mean, the they're, they're not far away. Yeah, yeah, they're not, they're far not too far off. Yeah, but, I mean, this is essentially the same number that they that they were laying without Paul George against, um, uh, against, the, against the Thunder. Yeah, so, and they won by 20. Right, exactly. Pelicans so, and I think the Pelicans are... Say it again. Conference. They're number nine. 
the Pelicans. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they're they're right there, but still, like, if you compare like apples to apples, like from a number standpoint, it's 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 a little short because I don't think the Pelicans are better than the Thunder. Um, so I think that the Clippers have a lot of success, especially with their front court depth that they have. Um, you know, containing Ingram is pretty much the only thing they have to worry about. I don't think uh, Valanciunas probably has a bad game with Plumlee and Zubak both uh, battling with him. Um, and he usually folds when he has to go against, you know, stiffer competition. So uh, I think the weak schedule, like Scott pointed out, is is making them look better than what they are. Than what they are, um, they won the last three games, but like they beat Houston. But just remember, Houston beat them also in that first game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. They're 14, 22, and one ATS on the road. 14, 21, and one. Uh, 14, 21, and one. Just depending on how many, just what number you got. So. Uh, they can't defend the rim, so Kawhi should have a free uh, free pass to the basket. Uh, I look for the Clippers to and hang. Uh, yeah, I look for I look for the Clippers to hang a big number on um, on the Pelicans tonight. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Pelicans. I'm sorry for the Clippers here tonight as well. Um, I mean, Scott said like you have more shots that open up with Paul George being missing. I think you want Kawhi Leonard taking those shots. Uh, but again, I, I think that right now, like Scott mentioned as well, is that the Pelicans just haven't really beat anybody of, of a quality opponent or a team that's above average over the past, I don't know how many months or how many since the All-Star break, at least we can say that. But I actually want to look up their last good win. And I didn't even mention New Orleans is 12 and 24 straight up on the road. But yeah. I actually want to see how long ago it was since they beat somebody. Because even going back, they beat Portland, they beat Dallas, they beat Portland again. They beat the Thunder. They beat the Hawks. Okay, so they beat the Kings by 30. Now like, I got to see how long ago that game was, but it might have been 5th. over a month ago. They've been February beating up 5th. on bad teams, but they're awful against teams with a pulse. Mm-hmm. When did they beat the Kings? February, February 5th. 5th. Yeah. And that was a game without De'Aaron Fox, if that is worth anything. I believe so. Um, but every other yeah. every other game they've won, the, their best win over the last month and change was OKC. I think that was a game where Sacramento was on a back-to-back, too, because I remember being on the Pelicans in that game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, look, we just laid out the case. I mean, Pelicans haven't beaten anybody since February. Uh, Clippers, for me, uh, as well, total 223.5. Scott, anything on the total? I think I'm going to lean over. Like I don't feel great about this number either, but I I can see both offenses having some success. So I'm going to lean over in this one. Uh, yeah, Nick, to answer your question, by by the way, who have the Clippers beaten recently? Uh, I mean, if you want to just go through the list, they beat OKC two, Portland tossing those out. Beat Golden State. I know people are. I'm low on Golden State. A lot of people still like Golden State. Beat them. Beat the Knicks. And the Knicks have been a good team. They're going to miss the play-in because they're actually too good for the play-in this year. But they won that game by 11. Uh, beat Memphis by six. Like, Clippers have beaten some teams over the last couple of weeks, at least comparatively speaking to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But, Definitely. yeah, I'm going to lean to the over. I don't feel great about it, but I could see both teams having moments offensively. Uh, Dante, total. Yeah, slight disagreement from me. Uh, I like the under. Um, 73% of the of the Clippers' home games have went under. Um and eight of the last 10 that went under for the Pelicans that struggle offensively. They play better offensively at home, and they still put up only like 108, 110, uh, occasionally 115. So I think the Clippers have the wings and the depth to combat some of the things that they have to cut off some driving lanes. Without Troy Murphy, you're kind of leaning on like what Herb Jones, not really a 
uh, scorer. Um, so I think Brandon Ingram has a lot to, a lot on his shoulders today, and I don't think he he bodes well against the Clippers defense. So um, I like the under here. The Clippers got me on their under. I think they went over by like a half point and then a full point in like two of the last three games. I think it was 219, it, they hit 220, then it was 219 and a half, and they hit 220 again. So uh, I'm going to try it one more time, under 223 and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go under here as well. Um, Clippers, they're right around average as far as pace goes, but at the same time, I don't think the Pelicans can really score. I mean, we talked about the teams that they've beat. They put up points against them, but again, you're going up against a Clippers team that is – they're not too bad defensively over the last five games. They're number seven as far as defensive rating. Um, and again, they're playing at a slow pace as well. Pelicans, as far as pace, they are number 22 over the last five games. So one team that's right around league average as far as pace, and then one that's well below league average Pelicans at uh, number 22 as far as pace. So, um, and then defensively, the Pelicans have been, they're actually number two over the last five games. So two teams in the top 10, as far as defensive rating goes over the last five games. But, um, yeah, I think that I do like the under in this game as well. Player props you guys looking at Delonte anything. Uh, I'm looking at Brandon Ingram assists. He's had six, he's had six or more in uh seven of the last eight. He had five or more in basically eight of the last eight. He's been a lot better facilitator. Uh, has anybody seen CJ McCollum at all? I haven't seen him. Like do anything? Do you mean worse. props, or do you mean noticed him on the court? Yeah, that Both. was going to be my first question. Both props, I do see twenty and a half for points. Yeah, I what go under that. Um, he hasn't been. Yeah, you mentioned under seeing under. him on the court. Is it a coincidence you haven't noticed him and they've won three straight? <laughs> hey, that's, that's a good point. Maybe because they're putting the ball in Ingram's hands more and letting him facilitate. Um, so I like Ingram over assists. I'm going to probably keep betting this in, until the NBA season's over. Westbrook under seventeen and a half points. Don't care that he went over last game. Look at his look at his game log. It's horrible. So uh, give me under his uh, 17 and a half. Just book me in for that every, even when I'm not on the show, Scott, just Scott went off. Y'all just hold me down. Westbrook under 17 and a half points. Every, every, every game. All right. So lock for Delonte today. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Scott, what do you got for player props? I mean, we talked about Kawhi. It's a 27 and a half. I think he yeah. walks into 30 and change. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of if I want to make a play on a kind of a sneaky play on Herb Jones under. Because he's going to guard Kwai. So are we automatically assuming he's in foul trouble? I, I feel like there's a decent chance Herb Jones ends up in foul trouble because he's going to be matched up on Kwai the entire game. But even looking at his last two games, scored two points against Charlotte, scored four points against San Antonio, and they won both games by roughly 20, by 20 or more. So Herb Jones knows his role. He's not going to do much offensively. Defensively, we know that he's a very good player. But I am concerned with him being matched up on Kawhi if foul trouble will be an issue or if he's going to have to exert so much energy on the defensive end that he's going to just not have much of an impact offensively. And I got to look at the shot attempts recently for Herb Jones. Attempted five shots against Charlotte. Attempted four shots against San Antonio. He hasn't made a free throw in each of the last two games. He barely gets to the line anyway. I think I'm going to look at Herb Jones under eight and a half. Because if he ends up with two quick fouls because Kawhi does some veteran move and draws one or two, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't mind Herb Jones under. A lot of energy goes into guarding Kawhi every possession. Yeah, I think you probably just got to blindly take Kawhi's over points without Paul George. I mean, he's, it's, I mentioned it on the last spot. It's like, it's pretty much the offense is Kawhi uh, Leonard, and you're hoping somebody else steps up for them uh, on any given night now. So, 
Anything that's always under 30 and a half or at 30 and a half or below, I'm taking the over for Paul George. Uh, sorry, for uh, Kawhi Leonard um, here tonight against the Pelicans and going forward. Um, I think Will that's it for the game, the guys. Anything else? Huh? Will he walk in the arena with his San Diego State jersey on? They won last night, right? So, I, yeah. Yep. Uh, man, I don't know, man. Kawhi's Go, little, he's boring. Dude. He's boring, man. Kawhi's going to walk out uh, of the parking lot out of his 1990 uh, Chevy or whatever car he's driving. <laughs> Ford Explorer. Uh, on Aztec jersey. No, I don't think he's going to. I think most people would. Kawhi's going to walk in in some random polo, like a two-button <laughs> polo. Like he's just ready to. He's just ready for work. It depends on the personality. I don't see Kawhi being the kind of guy that would wear his, like a college jersey. Just not his speed, in my opinion. You think he even knows that San Diego State is in the – is in the tournament. He probably doesn't. I think even he know. does. I, I don't think. I think he definitely pays attention to that stuff. I just don't think he ever displays that publicly. But it is kind of weird that he is the same exact fashion designer as Tim Duncan. You know? <laughs> they worked together in San Antonio. Maybe that's what I'm saying. I think that's what he rubbed. Yeah. I think that's what rubbed off on Kawhi. It was uh, Tim Duncan's fashion sense. Yeah. All right, guys, let's uh, close out the episode strong here. Let's get into our lock and dog for the Saturday games here in the association. Uh, Delante, why don't you lead us off, my man? Yeah, man, I'm keeping it simple. I'm going with the lock, the game we literally just talked about. I'm going with the Clippers. I think it's a good matchup for them. I think they come out, play well, and, and stop Brandon Ingram to a certain degree. I think Kawhi has a big night, and um, and and they put a decent amount of points on them. Um, for the dog, I'm going with Milwaukee. Uh, look, I don't. Milwaukee performs well against elite teams. They get up for it. I mean, if you just check their game log against, uh, I guess it's kind of elite. Is kind of uh, subjective, but against good teams that you can see, like standing wise, they perform really well. So I think that um, they come out here and they play well and, and get the win. So give me Milwaukee uh, as a dog. All right, uh, Scott, what do you got? All right, uh, so for my lock, I am going to go towards Giannis points. I have to plead to him because he has screwed me over so many times taking his points and props this season. I picked the wrong game every time to back Giannis, but it's such a good matchup. Denver has no paint defense. You're against another MVP candidate, and it's a TV game. And you played 25 minutes yesterday. 22 free throw attempts in the first meeting. I'm on Giannis over uh, for points. It's at 30 and a half. If you want to play it safe, you can take 30 at like minus 135. But I'll take 30 and a half over at around minus 110, give or take. I think Giannis is going to have a runway to the rim every single time he has the ball. So I'm going with Giannis over for his points. I see a great matchup there. I really did think about taking the 40 plus points at like plus 460 as my dog, but I decided to just play it safe and go with the Giannis points regular as my lock. And for my dog, I'm quickly pulling this up because I'm curious what the number is going to be. It is going to be in the Utah and Sacramento game. And I'm going to go with – I'm hoping that they have team totals up. Uh, they do. Okay. So my, my play in this game is going to be Sacramento team total. I really wish it went higher than 124.5. But I see 124.5 at plus 120. I'm taking the over. I think the Kings walk into 130. I've watched this Utah team play. They can't guard anybody. I think it was right what uh, Delonte said before. They're trying to let the younger guys play more. So you're giving minutes to Azabuki and Juzang. Like, shout out to them in college. But they can't play in the NBA. 
Like they're not good. They can't play and they're giving them minutes. I got to go with the team total over for Sacramento here. I see a bunch of points and Utah has gotten so much worse defensively as the season has gone on. Give me Sacramento to score 125 at plus 120. All right. Um, all right. For my lock, I had two options I really liked. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Probably Miami you, Heat. Yeah, you can do that. You Miami, if it does, you Miami, Miami Heat first quarter team total over 29 and a half. I uh, talked about how Brooklyn since the All Star break, um, even with the, with the trades that happened with KD and Kyrie, they're giving up around 34 points in that first quarter on the road. Um, Miami has been better offensively. Their guys healthy uh, at home. They've picked it up a little bit as well. And they are 3-1-1 one, one against the spread of the last five games uh, uh, in that first quarter. But I, I do think there's an opportunity for Miami to come put up some points in that first quarter where Brooklyn just gets off the slow starts, especially defensively. So Miami Heat, if you want to go first quarter spread, I see that at minus two. But my official play is going to be Miami Heat first quarter. Team total over 29 and a half. Uh, for my dog... I think I'm also going to go with Milwaukee here tonight. I think that was the only dog that I really did like here tonight. They're up to minus three. They're in some spots. I see a plus 130 on the money line for the Milwaukee Bucks. I just think this team is way far ahead of even the Denver Nuggets, even though the Denver Nuggets are at home where they've been one of the better teams straight up. But Milwaukee in back-to-back games this season, like we mentioned, 8-0-2 against spread or even 9-0-1, depending on the number that you did get. Uh, nine and one straight up in back-to-back games. We mentioned it, how the starters didn't play a lot of minutes last night or didn't play in that entire fourth quarter because they just came out and took care of business in three quarters. Chris Middleton didn't play last night. I expect him to play here tonight for the Bucs. Uh, so I'm going to go Milwaukee Bucks with Delonte plus 130 on the money line as my dog for tonight. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Um, Delonte, anything else you want to mention, my man, before we get out of here? Not much, man. Good luck to everybody. Uh, Thanks for all the reviews. Um, Really appreciate that. So if you haven't, uh, try to leave us one if you can. Um, And uh, me and Terrell, I think, will be back tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. So good luck to everybody tonight. Yep. Scott, anything else? Yeah, uh, for future reference, Delonte, we can't give them credit for reviews because we have to keep roasting them for not leaving reviews. That's kind of how we're using negative, you know, reverse mm-hmm. psychology going on. Uh, so I don't Got know it. if we can. But thank you if you actually did leave a review. Appreciate it. But overall, now you can find me on Twitter, Rice Show Radio. Uh, you can find me also on the tennis podcast. I'll be recording an episode later. Besides that, college basketball action should be a lot of fun tonight. I like Kansas State tonight. We'll see what happens. It's a pretty short number. It, it's dangerously short, but I thought about going to the game, actually, because it's at MSG. Marquise so maybe short. I'll end up going. We'll see. But, yeah, I'm rooting for Norwell, and I'm rooting for uh, for Kansas State. Uh, what do you think sounds better as a nickname, by the way? Tang Gang or Wu-Tang Clan? Tang <laughs> Gang. I came up with both there, so I'm like kind of wondering what sounds like better. Both. But I, I'm all on board. I think he's a great coach. Oh, yeah, yeah I like Kansas like State tonight too as well. Um, Damn, they're gonna lose because I like them too. 
All right, that's it. So uh, pencil in. Uh, <laughs> F- uh, F- we didn't lock him up though, so we'll see what yeah, happens. Pencil in uh, FAU to get the victory. Yeah. Then since all three yeah. of us like him, uh, but yeah, definitely uh, like Delante and Scott mentioned. Appreciate the uh, listeners who have left us a rating and review. Uh, I'll shut those out on Monday's pod. Um, wait for some more to come through, but we did have about five more that came through as of yesterday. So appreciate everyone that has left us a, ra- a rating and review. Before you guys get out of here, uh, please do us a favor. Hit that like button on the YouTube stream here. It really helps us out, grow the show um, as well. And like Delante mentioned, him and Terrell will be back tomorrow for the Sunday games. And then we will reconvene with myself and Terrell on Monday for the NBA Gambling Podcast. All right, guys. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Bet responsibly. Good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball.